It's a Tuesday. We normally speak to David Shapiro on a Monday, but technical issues stopped us doing that. But we're setting this record straight today by speaking to David Shapiro from Sasfin Securities at Shapiro World. And it's the last one of the year. David, the last time that we'll speak in 2018. Are you pleased to see the back of it? I am. You know, you know, Lindsay, it started off with so much promise. Remember, this was supposed to be the year of synchronized growth, uh, which we actually saw. And uh, we started off in January at a huge pace. I'm talking in global markets, I think driven by Trump's uh, um, interest rate cuts. And then as the year progressed, the uh, corporate results came through pretty well. And then the panic about the Fed kicked in, trade wars kicked in, Brexit kicked in at another pace, the Italians, the French, everything's kind of gone wrong. And uh, it's been very difficult. It's um, It's difficult to guess our way through where we're going to be. I don't see volatility slowing down next year. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a warrior about recession because I think even if we do contract, it's not going to be dramatic. But um, I think it's, I can't see this suddenly coming to an end. I still think there's going to be a lot of issues that we have to deal with next year. And hopefully we can, uh, we can remain ahead of the curve. By, by that, I mean that you know, markets can creep higher. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't pencil in uh, uh, at this stage. You know, anything can happen. I wouldn't pencil in uh, a massive market next year. No. And um, looking at 2018, there have been so many major stocks that have been the cornerstone, the bedrock of so many portfolios, whether it be just the retail client who's got an online trading account or the massive fund managers. I think more or less every investor on the JSC has been hit by one of these scandals. There's been Aspen Pharmacare, not a scandal, but coming down to 135, 140 rand a share. Who would have thought that? MTN, that's been a Nigeria disaster story. What else have we had? Steinhoff, of course, we all know about that one. Naspes coming down, what, 40, 50%? So there's been been nowhere to hide. No, no. You know, you've mentioned uh, those stocks. I think you can add to that. You know, even companies that we've held up in so high. I'm talking smaller capital, smaller cap shares like Curo. You know, down 45 hmm. percent. Uh, Blue Label, who took out um, Celsi, down 63 percent. We've had the property scandals, as as you mentioned. And then Tiger Brands, 40 percent down. Uh, British American Tobacco on the worries about stopping menthol, the sale of menthol cigarettes in, in the U.S., you know, as well as slowing down demand for, uh, for cigarettes, down tobacco, down 40%. Um, and so we go, you know, wherever. Pioneer, 35%. I'm looking at a list here. So there, there hasn't been anywhere to hide. The only place that you could have made a little bit of money would have been in maybe Anglo Platt if you were, if you were bull enough to, uh, you know, to hold the stock. But it was also turnaround from a bad year last year, and then Anglo's bulletin wanted to BHP, as we now call it, uh, so on. But very, very few gainers. I don't think people, you know, people who follow markets actually understand it. You know, they they don't understand uh, what what we went through. And there's always this criticism, or they pointed, um, uh, you know, criticism, saying, uh, you know, you could have done better. Well, what did you want? You know, you want me to buy a least falling share. You know, what do you want? <laughs> you need to switch out of one that's dropped 40% to one that's dropped 30%. Yes, I will outperform, but you can't do that. So, it's that. Lindsay, it just sums up what a tough, tough year we've had uh, in South Africa. 
Exactly as you said, nowhere, there, there hasn't been anywhere to hide. And you never hide. One thing you always do, and you've always done ever since I've known you, is go out, go out on the road, sell your story. And I don't yeah. think you're the sort of person that on a Monday morning is going to say, I cannot phone Mr. Rosenberg because of the, the latest yeah. move in the market. You have to get out there and, and talk to them. Tell us about yeah. the mood, not just of your clients, but of the retail investment industry in general. I, you know what's happened? I, you've, you've spoken to me long enough to know that uh, I've been taking money or suggesting that money goes offshore. Right. You know, you know that. And I've been doing that for six or seven years. Um, and, and the reason behind it uh, has been that there have been better opportunities there. And I still, I still stand by that. So uh, we're in a fortunate position that we've been able to protect clients' money by doing that, by diversifying their portfolios. But where we've been stuck here, it's been an unmitigated disaster. It's been very, very difficult. And I can't make excuses for what's happened. And I think, you know, when I sum it up, Lindsay, and I think this is the important thing, is that where we've had the kind of government, or let's put it this, I don't want to point fingers, but let's call it the administration that we've had, mm-hmm. who have been incompetent, um, who have stolen, have been, there's been corruption, there's been crime. No, all the issues that make the headlines every day. Um, when you have that year after year, eventually it has to bite. And this year, I, I think it finally bit every one of our corporates. You know, every one of our corporates complained about the challenges that they've had to face. You know, and, and of course, in order to uh, offset that government had to raise taxes, we had to raise VAT. Um, and we've also had a slowing global economy. So it's been a tough year, but I think the chickens have come home to roost. You know, it's all kind of converged on us this year, and it's been very difficult to to move against that tide. And, and, and the other thing, and I think this is something you've been, you know, you just point out many times, shares here were expensive, yes, very expensive. And I think there's been a, a huge adjustment in that as well. Uh, you know, in other words, re-rating downwards relative to the kind of results that we've had. Okay, let's move away from South Africa now, but keep a South African theme because this Brexit business is now getting mm. on my... It's actually starting to depress me. I mean, I, yeah. I don't live in the UK, but I still have a UK passport and it does. it is going to affect me somehow. I mm. know it. And mm. it's got out of control now. I watched Theresa May standing up in Parliament and that poor woman, I mean, I know she hasn't exactly covered herself in glory, but you could see that she'd been crying. You could see that she was depressed about the reaction that she got, people laughing at her, people booing her, and it was an unseemly sort of affair. But on the other hand, you're the Prime Minister and and you've handled it badly, so you've got to be able to take this. I just wonder about JSE-listed stocks. For example, let's have a look. I mean, Investec, for example. What is going to happen? Should a Brexit no deal start to become a reality? Are they going to get hit? Do they provide an opportunity? I know you've been looking at Brexit stocks from yeah, different angles. Yeah. What do you make of it all? Yeah. Give us a few tips, please. I, 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 I would, I would, why look for trouble? You know, I mean, I'm not, there's plenty of other places to go. You don't have to go into the swamp or you don't have to, uh, you know, run into the fire, whatever, whatever analogy you want to make. Yeah. Um, nobody knows how it's going to unfold. It could unfold very positively if you look at some of the property stocks that have been t- absolutely hammered. But we have we have no idea what kind of deal they will then be able to negotiate. Remember, they've got no deal. They've got no friends. They've got to start making new friends. They've got to almost rewrite uh, 
their entire business policies and business contracts and so on. Uh, you know, the, Brit- the, Brit- the British, uh, if you listen to a lot of the conservative uh, MPs and those who voted for Brexit, yes, they come out saying, you know, we can do it with the with that bulldog attitude, uh, you know, Winston Churchill type uh, rhetoric. But I, I don't believe that. I don't think that, you know, even Boris Johnson, there was very little detail around his views. Mm. You know, he could never come out with anything in detail. And and I think that was the that, that was the difficulty. So I'm saying, why look for trouble? You know, why look for trouble uh, in 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 the UK? Uh, I I don't think Europe's going to be spared as well. I think Europe will also find it very difficult. But I think they 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 might have other manufacturers, you know, that are able to cope. And maybe even in the UK, you could dig out one or two businesses that you'd like to go into. But I for you know for the large part, I would just say that's me. You know, just I'll hold back. So what you're you saying know, is, the US. so what you're saying is, have a look at stocks that do a fair mm-hmm. amount of business in the United Kingdom to start with. I mean, I suppose you can expand yeah. it to Europe yeah. as well because Europe mm-hmm. will be plunged into turmoil, no doubt, mm-hmm. short and medium term. But you've got to say to yourself, okay, this company has 75% of its revenue from from the UK or 35% and just say, forget about it. You don't need that trouble in your life. There's enough trouble at home. Exactly. Look, you know, to an extent, I mean, to a large extent, if you look at the FTSE, you know, the, um, in other words, the UK uh, uh, top 100 stocks, a lot of them are do not do business in, in the UK. You know, you could look at a, a Glencore listed there or a BHP there, even Anglo-American. So a lot of the miners are not really there. But I think when it comes to the very uh, um, large um, financial sector, I think that's perhaps the biggest side of it, um, you've got to be careful. You know, you've, you've, you've got to exercise caution. I, I already struggle to, to invest in the uh, – you know, in the UK, um, in many cases, sometimes we've had to uh, uh, position portfolios for people who live there. They want, they have pounds, they want to earn pounds. They're they sometimes forced to invest there. It hasn't been easy to put a portfolio together of UK stocks, but I would, I would imagine it's going to be very difficult. Um, you know, for the financial sector there, knowing um, what what this or what you know what it all means. So yeah, I I, I agree with you. I'm I'm. I would just remain cautious for the meantime um, and, until we get some kind of clarity and just, uh, you know, stick to those global international stocks. Uh, I'm talking mainly Europe. You know, I prefer the U.S. I still prefer the U.S. But right. uh, if, you're, if you're absolutely forced to diversify, uh, you know, go, go for Royal, go for Royal Dutch Shell A's instead of Royal Dutch Shell B's or mm. so on, you know. Um, okay, what else we, is there? No, let's mm. do it in the new year. I don't want really to worry you now um, mm. about it because there's going to be so much going on as you fly off to the sunny climes of Australia back in the first week in January. I want to move somewhere else, though, because we can't end the year without talking about President Donald Trump. It's been an extraordinary year. Mm. And I think I can Mm. sum it up by going to the Washington Post. They've just got this new Mm. measure called the bottomless Pinocchio. And what they've done with all all their fact checkers, the number of times that he's lied, uh, he can talk about fake news. And to a certain extent, there are certain organizations that have have been economical with the truth, let's put it that way. But he has come Mm. up with these assertions and the Washington Post has been quite assiduous and quite careful. And the one that they use is 86 times he said that they started building the wall. They haven't started building the wall. Mm. They were given 1.6 billion 
by Congress, I think it was, to reinforce the, the fences that they have, to repair the fences that they have. But he stood up 86 times and said, we have started the wall and it's a beautiful thing. He keeps on saying it. That's his worst, which is a blatant lie. And he's, <laughs> he's looking to mislead people and spread false information. And what the Washington Post says is that bottomless Pinocchio had to be put in because normally what they'll do is they'll fact check somebody and let them know when it gets to four times, they'll say, listen, this is wrong. And then they'll stop. Trump doesn't stop. He carries on and on mm, and mm. promotes this sense of Trump reality that is quite, quite honestly, a complete lie. What do you make of this fellow? We've spoken of him What's before, like, uh, but, like, uh, but now <laughs> it's even worse. I, I think, you know, if you bring up his name in any kind of circle now, you're bound to have a fight. Um, I, but I do find that more and more people are drifting away. I think initially they liked his policy, they liked his bravado, they liked what he stood up to. But I think uh, subsequent to that, I think his conduct, he shows no compassion. At times where he should be compassionate, uh, he shows absolutely no sensitivities. I think that um, also, I think, the noose is closing, or the net is closing on him now yeah. with, uh, with, the, with the revelations of Michael Cohen. And also, it seems that Mueller now has been putting a strong case that there certainly was uh, talks um, before he became president, before he was even elected, between um, you know, his, his, his administrators, or what would you call it, his aides as well, you know, with, with, uh, with Russia. I think a strong case is being built up against that. And it's going to be very difficult for him to uh, to defend. He is coming out with tweets saying, you know, these were normal business deals and, uh, it, uh, and, and also the payments that he made were civil. They had nothing to do with the election and so on. But I think, I think the Republicans now are in a very difficult position where it's, it's hard for them to, any self-respecting person there, uh, to actually stand behind a person of this nature, of this character. So I think things are getting a lot tougher for him. And, and I think he fears impeachment. I think next year the Democrats are going to certainly have a go at him. Uh, whether he can sustain it, whether he can, you know, uh, stand up against it, I don't know. You know, I don't know enough about it. But I think the kind of Donald Trump we saw last year, I think, is, is, is gone. I don't think it's going to carry on. Did you see the fight with Rex Tillerson? I mean, yeah, I, I really did. I mean, he called him. I, I read this thing when it came out. He said he's dumb as a rock and lazy as hell. I mean, Rex Tillerson used to run ExxonMobil, for goodness sake. <laughs> he has a man who ran what was 10 years ago the biggest company in the United States. And it's been subsequently uh, superseded by a lot of the tech companies. But I mean, it's still an enormous business. And you know, to call the man who ran the business like this is dumb as a rock. Yeah, he might not have been a politician, nor is Trump, but hell, it just keeps going on like that. And I think as time goes by, you know, John Kelly's now going to stand down at the end of the year. He's still got to find a chief of staff. So at the end, I think he's just running out of people. He's just running out of people who want to who want to work for him. I I, I just see. I, I don't know. Lindsay, I don't know whether this is going to be good for good or bad, you know, for 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 markets. I, I don't know how everyone's going to uh, respond to it. The rest of the world's going to cheer, um, and I think even within America there'll be a cheer. I, I, I he's his. Uh, I think his his what's it? His ratings have come, you know, are, are really at uh, for an economy that's growing at three percent or something. They have a. Um, a president whose uh, ratings are down about 38 percent, popularity ratings about 38 percent is pretty low. Yeah, let's, let's end on a positive note because what has happened is in the last couple oh. of hours, 
There has been some news yeah. and overnight yeah. about trade talks between Steve Mnuchin and, and his Chinese counterparts. And they do say that something is going to go on. And Mr. Trump, of course, is going to take credit. And he's come out and said, watch out for announcements soon. The S&P, which was on its knees last night, it was down around about 2% then turned around, went up. And the early ideas are that the US stock market is going to do well today. And that should help us for another couple of days. But it's just so volatile. It's ridiculous. But let's mm. bask in the good day on the JSC today up. 1.6% roughly on the all share. And David, thanks for all your contributions throughout the year and have a wonderful time in Australia. And we'll speak in Thank early you. 2019. That's David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities.